Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to John chapter 14 and meet me at verse 1. John chapter 14 and meet me at verse 1. These are the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the Lord says unto us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And if we go to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 in the New Living Translation, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, the writer of Proverbs here says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If we couple and group these two passages of Scripture together, we'll understand that Jesus is telling us that we are not to allow our heart to be troubled. That word troubled means agitated or distressed. It can also mean to be full of cares, to be full of anxieties, to be full of worry, and to be full of stress. So Jesus says the onus, the responsibility to not letting your heart be troubled is on you. The responsibility is not on Jesus to stop your heart from being troubled. You are going to have to not allow your heart to be troubled. Uh, In one translation, Jesus literally says, stop allowing your heart to be agitated and distressed, full of cares, worry, stressed, and troubled. And in Proverbs chapter 4, we find out that the writer here tells us that we are to guard our heart. So that simply means that we are to monitor what gets in our heart. We are to literally place a guard, a military guard, over our heart and monitor what we allow in. Because from our heart... It's going to determine the course of our life, or you could say it's going to determine the quality of our life from the inside out. What you see in your life starts from the inside first, how you think about it, how you rationalize things, what is your perspective on things. It starts on the inside first, and then you'll see it on the outside. And a lot of times we see what people are thinking and feeling by seeing what is going on on the outside of their life. And so if we are going to not allow our hearts to be troubled, and if we are not going to allow our hearts to be stressed and agitated, then we're going to have to monitor What comes in? So your heart is the center of your life. It is the core of who you are. It is the seat of your affections. It is the seat of your emotions. It is your innermost being. Your heart is your core. It's how you feel about things. It's how you think about same things. It is your priorities. It is your purposes Your heart consists of the real you. You on the outside is not the real you. The real you is on the inside, and it's it's like surrounded with uh, all of the core values that you possess. That is your heart, what you think about whatever there might be. And Jesus is telling us we're going to have to stop allowing our heart to be troubled and agitated. 
and we're going to have to guard what we allow to come in. Let me give you an example. Just this week, I read an article about something terrible happened. I don't even going to tell you what it is because I don't want you to have to deal with what I had to deal with this week. Something terrible happened, and it involved children. And man, that thing jumped in my heart. I started getting, getting panicky about it. What if my kid dealt with that? What if that was my children? What if this and what if that? And that started to get on the inside of me. And then I read another article. It was regarding, and then I read another article. Next thing I know, I thought maybe my kids shouldn't go leave the house anymore. My children never should leave the house. That, that was coming into my mind. Why? Because I wasn't guarding my heart. And so I started to get distressed and agitated and worried and concerned and stressed out about my children because I was doing some research on what happened over here and what if that happened over here. And I said, wait a minute. I've not put a guard over my heart. We just read Psalms 91 that God promises to protect us and our children. God promises to watch over us. God promises to take care of us. But if we will allow things to get in, then those things will cause the word of God to be choked out. Mark chapter 4 says, cares come in, will choke out the word and render it useless in our life. And so we're going to have to guard. What does that mean? Do I walk around with my hands over my ears like this all the time? No, no. Your ears are open. You're going to hear things. You're going to have to guard what you meditate on. You're going to have to guard what you're reading about. You're going to have to guard what you're listening to. You're going to have to guard who you're talking to. You're going to have to monitor. When I say guard, I want you to use the word monitor what you allow consistently to come in because that will determine the course of your life. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Now in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, we find here the writings of Isaiah, and he says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. So there's a place that we can reside in that's called perfect peace. It's a peace that is perfect. How do we stay there? We have to keep our mind, our attention stayed on him. How do we keep our mind and attention on him? We have to prioritize what he is saying and not what Pookie and Rayway is talking about, okay? We're going to have to prioritize what we are listening to and what we are reading and who we are fellowshipping with and who we're hanging with more than, well, I want to hurt their feelings. So if I, if I say no to hanging out with them, I might hurt their feelings. They're just going to have to have their feelings hurt. You're doing all that cussing and you're doing all that negativity and you acting crazy. I don't want to spend a lot of time with you. I need to spend time with people that's helping me think that God is taking care of me and reminding me that God is with me me and that anything is possible. Now, that doesn't mean you don't talk to unsaved people. You talk to them. You let them know about this perfect peace that can be found in Christ Jesus. And peace of mind always involves keeping your mind on the right things. Uh, Philippians 4 tells us that there are certain things we are to meditate on. Keeping our mind on the right things will cause us to stay in perfect 
peace. Somebody say perfect peace. Perfect peace. We're going to have to keep our mind, our attention, our focus, our concentration on the right things. God is for me. God loves me. He cares for me. He's thinking about me. My name is written in the palm of his hands. He knows every number of hair that's on my head. He loves me. He birthed me. He bought me. He paid for me. I'm valuable to him. This is what we need to be thinking about. Conversely, you, well, who's going to win the election and, who, and how, how, you know, what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there and, and all of that stuff will, will bring you down. But when you think about what the Lord's done for you, it'll keep you in perfect peace. And today, I want to talk about stress. I want to talk about stress because stress is something that can easily enter our heart and cause us some very negative consequences. Uh, Stress is the pressure and the weight you carry to produce and deliver that's solicited by dates and deadlines. Let me say it again. Stress is pressure and weight that you carry solicited by dates and deadlines to produce and deliver. This is stress. There is, whenever there's a date and whenever there's a deadline, it always solicits stress. But how you carry that stress It's what determines if you're going to be in perfect peace or you're going to experience negative consequences. So how you carry stress, if you carry chronic stress negatively, you're going to start having issues in your body. You're not going to sleep well. You're going to have back pain. You're going to have headaches. You're going to have eye pain. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to have all these issues going on in your body because you're carrying pressure and weight that you were never designed to carry. Now, there's stress in everything. Like I said, anytime there's a date or deadline, Christmas is coming. That's a date and deadline. Immediately, it solicits stress. Why? Well, I might have to buy some. Well, not I might. I am going to have to buy some things. I'm going to have to fellowship with some people. I'm going to have to go to certain events. I'm going to have to do certain things that maybe I don't want to do. And then I've got to be up and energetic and ready and and excited. And, and, And all of that brings with it stress and pressure. And although we don't see the word stress in our contemporary King James Version, some of the new translations we do, It is still a part of Scripture because it involves cares, worries, anxieties, agitation, and all that good stuff. All of that is part of stress. And the number one question that stress always asks is, what are you going to do? That's the number one question. What are you going to do? Maybe there's a deadline to eat dinner tonight and you don't have any food. What are you going to do? That could solicit stress. What are you going to do? And how you carry that stress will determine if you stay in perfect peace or not. And so it is imperative that we talk about stress because stress has the ability to affect our mind. We can become irrational. We, be, we can become very emotional. We can become restless. We can become very uncomfortable. We can become another person. We can turn into another person when you are stressed out. 
When you are stressed out, it causes you to turn maybe into a victim. Everybody's against me. Everybody's on me. There's pressure. Maybe there's stress and pressure uh, associated with your job. Maybe you have clients that depend upon you. Maybe there are, are students, your teacher, that depend upon you. Maybe you're an employer and your employees depend upon you, and it solicits its negative stress and pressure, and how you carry that will determine how you lead and how you will experience the quality of life that you possess. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. He wants us to enjoy life, but stress and pressure will cause you not to enjoy the life Jesus intended for you to live. I must say this, there are things that need to get done. There are responsibilities that need to take place. But you can divide the stress from the accomplishment of the task. It's very possible. I, I want to give you this minor example. Paul and I were at the church yesterday. Somehow we couldn't get the TV screens to work. Technology always is trying to mess with us, right? And you just kind of go with it. It's part of it. Tech, this kind of stuff sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't work. And you just can't get stressed out about it. So Paul said, I can't get it to work. I was at home. I had some free time. We, we FaceTimed. We couldn't get it going. Finally, I said, Paul, I'm going to come up there and help you. As soon as I walked in, it started working. He said, what did you do? I said, I prayed in the spirit when I got here. I don't know how it started working, but it did. We just started, and it started working. And then we had something on the computer wasn't working, and we got it to work. And Paul said this to me. He said, I'm shocked at how you're not stressed out about this. I said, because I'm learning to divide the task needs to get done from the stress that does not have to be associated with the accomplished task. Am I, are you listening to me today? We can still do a task and not be stressed out about it. We can still accomplish our responsibilities and not be stressed out about it. We can still do and what God's telling us to do and do what our spouse is asking of us and still meet expectations and requirements and not be stressed out about it. It is possible for the believer to not be stressed out. Somebody say amen. amen. It's possible to live a stress-free life in a stressful world. You can do it. You have Jesus. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you can live stress-free. Matter of fact, somebody shout, I'm stress-free. Stress Just release your faith right now saying, I'm too blessed, I'm blessed. to be stressed. be stressed. Now you can live stress-free, and you can live this life, still meet dates and deadlines, and not be stressed out about it. Matter of fact, here's some good news. You want to hear some good news? Statistics say, there's been a study that says if you attend church at least once a week, you have a greater chance of living seven to ten years longer if you don't attend church. Seven to ten years longer if you attend church at least once a week than the average person. Why is that? I believe because praise releases the stress that's been repressed on the inside of us. Come on, somebody. Just take a moment and praise God right now. Say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Give you glory. Give you praise. I give you thanksgiving 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. I just release stress. You see that? Do you feel better? How many feel a little bit better after that? Just release the stress that's been repressed on the inside of us. And all of us, all of us, we're not immune to this, have stress. It's just, it's just a matter of how you handle it. And the way you can live longer. And I believe that's, I believe that's the, the reason why that study said that is because we come to church and we praise God. Every week, we just release in the stress. When, you, when, when Sierra and the team is up here worshiping, we just release in stress. This is why I want you to get engaged and lift your hands and sing and clout because you're releasing the stress that's been repressed all week long. And then you're going to leave these doors and stress is going to jump on you. I wish you were immune to it, but it's going to jump on you. And you say, nope, I'm going to release this stress. I don't need Sierra and Kurt up here. I'm going to release the stress right now. I give you praise, Lord. I thank you. You're with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. You're helping me handle this. I give you praise. Stress has been released. And now you are in perfect peace. Come on, somebody say amen. Woo, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let them hear your own line, praise the Lord. Glory to God. One, there was one particular time a guy said, we need to hang some mics in the church so when people speak that, you know, people on the line can hear them. And I, know, I think that's not a bad idea, except y'all just need to be a little louder. You hear them through my mic right here. Somebody say amen. amen. See, now they heard all that, praise God. Well, let's, let's fabricate some sound. And there ain't nothing wrong with all that. But no, we're excited up in here because the Lord is with us. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. I like what Peter says there. He says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now notice Peter tells us through the word of God that we are to cast all of the care, that's the anxiety, that's the emotions, that's the pressure, that's the stress. We're to cast all of that care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Now, this is important because religion teaches us that there is a God that sits high and looks low and doesn't care about us. All he wants is us to do, 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 do. Get these things done. Fulfill all these religious obligations. And this is what religion tells us. There's a God that doesn't care about individuals. He just wants you to do all this stuff. But the truth is there's a God in heaven who calls us sons and daughters, and he loves us, and he actually cares for us. So why are we to cast all of our stress and cares on the Lord? Because he cares for us. The God of the Bible cares for us. For you, specifically, individually, all your inner secrecies, all of your small little dynamics that you deal with, he cares for you. And if you care about it, he cares about it too. Amen. He cares about it too. He's thinking about you. He loves you. He has you on his mind, and he cares for you. I love, before I had children... I understood a little bit about the love of God, but it wasn't until I started having children 
That's when I really started understanding the Father's love. I care for my children, just like you do. You care for them, and whatever it is that they need, you try to meet the need. And if they're in pain, you try to help them. And if they don't know what to do, you're doing everything you can to help them. You care for them. That's the same way God sees you. He cares for you. He loves you. He's thinking about you. And if there is a need, it, it, watch this, even if there is a desire, when my kids say things like, Daddy, I desire some, you know, some ice cream. I don't want them to have it, but man, they just, you know what? Come on, let's get some ice cream. Why? I care for them. I want them to have it. I shouldn't say I don't want them to have it, because if I didn't want them to have it, I wouldn't give it to them. But I, so I just care for them, you know what I'm saying? Y'all get all that. I care for them. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 in the Amplified translation. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 in the Amplified. It says, casting the whole of your care. All your anxiety, all your worry, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Woo, this is good news that he cares for me. Say that. He cares for me. Say it again. He cares for me. Say it again. He cares for me. Now say it like you mean it. He cares for me. He cares for me. So we are the cast our care, all of our stress, all of our worry and concern, for he cares for us. God will not, listen to this now, he will not take your stress away. You have to give him your stress. He's not going to take it away you have to give it to them. This is, let me give you an illustration. This is my car key. It's the key to my car. I'm going to cast the key to my car to Josh. I cast it to Josh. Now, if you were to come to me and ask me, hey, pastor, I need your key. I would say I don't have the key. What, well, where's the key? I casted the key. I, I, don't, I don't have the care. I don't have the stress. I don't have the automobile. I can't let you get into my vehicle. I don't have the key. Well, where is it? I casted it. What does the cast mean? To throw. That's what I just did to Josh. I threw him my key. I threw it to him. I don't have it. When the Lord says cast your care, you're literally throwing your cares unto the Lord. Come on, let's practice. Let's pretend right now. Everybody get in your hand right now. All of the cares. What are you, what are you concerned about? What are you stressed about? What are you worried about? I know it's the end of the year. I know Christmas is coming. I know you got a lot going on, but get it in your hand. Get it in your hand. What, what are you thinking about? Are you getting it in your hand right now? Get it in your hand. All right. I want you to get your hand. Get ready. Cock it back. You ready? Get your hand. Cock it back. Now, on the count of three, I want you to cast this care. One, two, three. Cast it. Oh, man, I don't want it. I don't want that care. All right. I don't want it. It went over my head. But we just released it. And you don't have it anymore. Just like with my car key. I don't have it. You ask me, where, where's, your, where's your key? I need to put something in your car. I don't have it. I casted it unto the Lord. Now, how are we to cast these things unto the Lord, these cares and stresses and concerns? I believe it's two ways. I believe the first way is through prayer. Lord, I give this to you. You have to be humble enough and honest enough and not prideful and not narcissistic and not think you can handle everything, but humble and say, I can't do this. 
without you. I can't accomplish this task and this deadline. I can't carry this weight. I can't take care of this family. I can't raise this child. I can't work this job. I can't do this without you. That's humility. And you get, Lord, I need your help. Take the care and give me strength to do what you've called me to do. And so then with prayer, you cast it. Take it, Lord. I can't do it alone. Only the humble will say that. Only the humble. The prideful would say, I can do it all by myself. But the humble would say, I can't, and I need help. Carry this for me. And number two, the second way you cast your care is with faith. You begin to remind yourself how much he cares for you. God cares for me. He doesn't want me carrying this thing. He doesn't want me handling this thing. He doesn't want this thing to overweight me where I can't go to sleep at night and, and I can't speak right and I got to cuss all the time and I got to do all this crazy stuff all the time. He doesn't want me to do that. He cares for me and I just trust him. I trust you, Lord, that you care for me and you take care of me and, and I depend on you and I rely on you and will you handle this for me? And I believe the Lord's saying, I've been waiting for you to say that. Imagine your own kids. I have a five-year-old now, and I try to help her. She will not let me help her. I can't help her do anything. Can I help you tie your shoe? No, I got it. Can, can I help you write, you know, her Christmas list? She knows how to spell everything. No, she doesn't. But she, I know how to spell it. And then she gives us this paper, and we don't even know what it says. I, we can't, I, she won't let me help her. What is that a sign of? Immaturity. And I believe God's like, let me help you. I got it. Let me help you. Talk to me about it. I got it. And this is what we do. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. When the Lord says, let me have it. Let me carry it for you. Let me hold that for you. Let me take care of that for you. There was a, a particular time we had a large bill come into the church, unexpected. It was, a, it was a snowstorm that had happened in the region, and our light bill was like $900. I still don't know how it was that high. It was really high because of the energy we were running, whatever. And I'm like, man, we don't allocate $900 for the light bill, right? So I just grabbed that piece of mail, and I, I went to the Lord in my prayer time. I said, Lord, you got mail. That's all I did. You got mail. And I laid it, you know, I did this, and I put it on my desk. I said, it ain't, it ain't mine to carry. That's his mail. He told us to open this church and start it. He knew about the weather, and he knew about it. You got mail. It was a couple days later. Someone sent a check in for $2,000. Praise God. Glory to God. He sent it in. It was him that sent it. Praise the Lord. Took care of that and had a little extra for something else. Glory to God. This is how you cast the care. Lord, say it. Come on, practice right now. Get your hand ready. Say, Lord, you got mail. That, that's what you do with some unexpected bill. Don't, what are we going to do? Ah! Nope, 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 nope. You got, you got, I'm not going to stress out about that. That don't mean I'm not supposed to pay it, okay? But that, that I'm not going to stress out about it. Nope, Lord, you got mail. You knew about this unexpected thing that came in. You got mail. And I'm going to trust you to take care of that. And I believe the Lord just sitting in heaven like, Thank you. I've already spoken to Tanel to give you a little extra money. And she's going to obey God. This is how he does it. But when you say, I got it, he said, okay. 
and you over there working three and four jobs trying to get something done, and I can't come to church because I ain't got, I got four jobs, and, and I can't, and next thing you know, uh, you, you're 30 years old, looking like you're 99, because you're trying to do it all by yourself. When you have the helper, did you know the Holy Spirit is called the helper? So what does that mean? He wants to help. He's not the doer. You're the doer. He's the helper. He wants to help. And when we cast our cares upon him, it shows that he will care for us. When a child of God is full of cares, the world has no reason to believe that God is a good father and cares about them. Let me say it again. When a child of God is full of cares and doesn't cast them unto the Lord, the world has no reason to believe that God is a good father and that he cares for us. We, we are a beacon of light. We should be the most carefree, stress-free, worry-free, anxiety-free people on the earth. Why are you not upset about that, Jerry? I trust God. You do what now? I trust God. How do you trust God? I depend upon him, and he's going to take care of this for me. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you, how do you not get upset by that? I trust God. Why does that not make you mad? I trust God. How can you handle all of that stress and pressure? I trust God. Get into the practice of saying that right now. I trust God. Say it again. But that pain in your body. But the doctor said you're going to die. I trust God. And you release the care. You see the difference? Doesn't mean now that you don't have to fulfill the responsibility. It just simply means I'm not going to carry the stress. I gave the stress to God. I'm going to do the work while he carries the stress. And, And many of us, this is what we do. Many of us. We say this, well, if I don't get that done right, everybody's going to think bad about me. And that's when pride comes in. It all comes back to you. Well, if I don't do that, and if I don't do this, and they're going to look at me, and they're going to think this about me. And Oh, so this is what this is all about. This is about you. Well, they're going to think this, and they're going to imagine this. And, and let me solicit this to you. People not thinking about you. Just let me let you know right now. They could care less about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. Well, if I don't do this and I'll do that, I've gotten to the point now, the Lord has done a work in me. I've gotten to the point now, I, I don't care. I say that a lot. Well, what's going to, those TVs, we were up here yesterday, we're going to get them to work, but if they didn't work, I'd have told Paul, I don't care. What? You got people coming and need words on the screen. They should have bought their Bible. Amen. We're going to get it done, but if it don't get done, I don't care. Somebody say, I don't care. This is where you got to get. I don't care. Now, don't say it abrasively. Your spouse says, hey, what are we going to do about it? You turn around, I don't care. No, 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 no. That's going to start an argument. No, 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 no. This is, you don't say this to someone else. This is what you're saying to yourself. You know what? I'm going to do everything I can, and I'm going to leave the results to God. I'm going to do what God's called me to do, and I'm going to leave the results to him. So whether, whether it turns out the way I want or whether it doesn't, I don't care. I'm going to go hard at getting the, the results that needs to happen, 
but I don't care. And too often we're carrying the care that we're not supposed to carry, the stress. Well, I bought my mom, my sister, my aunt, my son this gift. I hope they like it. I just, I just hope they like it. I, I hope. And I, this, I'm talking about myself. I used to be there. Oh, I just hope, I hope my mom likes this gift. I hope, I hope. And then I started thinking, you know, I don't care if she likes it or not. This is what I, I want to get. And if she don't, she'll take it back to the store. And I'll give her the receipt. And you get what you want. I thought I got what you wanted. But then I, I don't care. Are you listening to me? I just hope they like that gift for Christmas. I just, I just, oh, oh, I spent a lot of time on it. They could stomp that gift. You should just be like, I, I don't even care. Well, this happens a lot too. Well, you got to be careful if you, uh, what, what if you give some money away and, and then somebody goes and they just, they just throw that, throw your money in the garbage, flush it down the toilet. They can do whatever they want with that. I did what God told me to do. I don't care. That causes me not to get upset. I, I'm, I'm a free man. Y'all looking at a free man up here. I, I, I don't care. Now, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm He-Man or that I'm Superman and I don't get hurt. There are times I've developed this I don't care, and there are times my wife has talked to me and somebody has hurt me, but I've developed this, you know, I really don't care, and then we sit down and talk, and I realize, oh, I actually, that actually did hurt. And then I get the, the hurt out, and I keep it moving. Amen. So I'm not saying this, I'm superhuman or anything. We feel things, but the, our frame of thought should be, I am carefree. I am stress-free. I am not worried about anything. Matter of fact, say this out to me. God in me is everything. God in me is everything. And I am not stressed about anything. And I am not stressed about anything. Do you believe that? Yeah. Now, now listen, you're going to have to say that. God in me is everything, and I am not stressed about anything. You're going to have to leave tomorrow and, and get home from work, and something's going, somebody's going to tell you something, and you're going to say, God in me is everything, and I am not stressed about anything. Say it after me one more time. God in me is everything. And I am not stressed about anything. I am not stressed about anything. Now, one more time, say it with me. God in me is everything. God in me is everything. And I am not stressed about anything. I am not stressed about anything. Psalms chapter 55, verse 22 in the Amplified Classic, Psalm chapter 55 and 22 says, Cast your burden, that's your anxiety, pressure, cares, on the Lord. Watch this. Releasing the weight of it. And he will sustain you. That's powerful. He will never allow the consistently righteous, that's you, to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Look at this. So if we were to cast all of our stress on the Lord, release the weight of it, he will sustain you or he will take care of you. That's what sustains me. He will take care of you. So what's my job? Cast the stress over unto the Lord, the weight and the pressure. Take the weight, Lord. Take the pressure. Now, notice you can't say take the responsibility. That's still yours. But take the weight, take the pressure, and I trust you to care for me. And when you trust him to care for you, that's what he does best. He was not going to let you slip, fall, or fail because he is caring for you. 
In the message translation, it's not on the screen, but in the message translation, it says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. So we're to pile our troubles on God's shoulders. Never in scripture does God tell us to carry our troubles, to give them to him. He's going to carry our load. He's got big enough shoulders to carry it, and he'll help us out. Somebody say amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 says, be anxious or be stressful for nothing, but in everything. Somebody shout everything. Everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Supplication means request. Let your requests be made known to God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. People ain't going to understand why you got so much peace. Will guard your hearts. Watch this. The peace will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We are not to care, be stressed about anything. Instead, we are to pray about everything. Say this after me one more time. God in me is my everything. And I don't have to stress about anything. Now, there's three things I want you to do as we wrap up. Three things I want you to do. Number one, stop stressing. Just stop it. You can do that right now. Stop stressing. Stop right now stressing. That's number one. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Stop stressing. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And number three, laugh more. (laughs) Just laugh more. Find something to laugh about. We may talk about that more next week. But just laugh more. Have fun laughing. Just, we were at the house the other day, and it was Stacy and I and Zai. I know she's with us today, uh, live at college. And we were sitting on the couch, and Stacy was reading something on TV. And then I said something that interrupted her. And she was like, I was reading that on TV. And I said to her, I didn't know you could read. That's not funny. But we laughed about that for like 20 minutes. We just laughed and laughed and laughed. Wasn't even that funny, corny. But we just laughed. And we went on for the, aha, we didn't know you could read. And I started making fun of, you know, you, you can read. Oh, my goodness. And it was funny. We laughed. And I just sat there as we laughed thinking, This is the life God wants us to live. Yes, there's responsibilities. Yes, there's mission and vision and purpose. But we're also supposed to release the stress. Give it to God and laugh more. If you got something from the Lord today, I want you to stand up. This is how we experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.